Going, good evening, everybody. Here we go. Today's daf is daf. I involve page seventy-six in the Hidgim Masechus Baba Kama. We pick up at the two dots on the very top line, and Bez Hashem, we are going to. We're not going to completely finish the daf. We're gonna. There's really a, a sugya, but we'll find a good stopping point. A few lines from the ends of today's daf. The sugya really continues on all the way through the middle of uh, of tomorrow's daf. Um, be it as it may, let us get going. So we're up to the uh, the two dots. Third word on daf I involve Omer Beis. The Mishnah had taught us Somebody stole an animal and made it hektish and afterwards shechted it or slaughtered it. The halacha is he's, there's no chiyuv. Of Dalit Vahe. There's no Tashlumen of Dalit Vahe. Zokta Gemara. Amri, they said, It makes sense why he's not Mechoyev on the Tvicha, on the Shechita. Why not? We know you only are obligated for paying Dalit Vahe when you Shech somebody else's animal. Over here, you sanctified it prior to the slaughtering. And therefore, there's no obligation of Dalit Vahe. That, that much is clear. It wasn't the original owners. Says Gemara, but let him be obligated to pay hektish. But when you sell it to uh, to, I'm sorry, you should be obligated in dalit because the ma'isa you sanctified it to hektish, which should be considered a sale. The same way you give it over to somebody else, you sell it to somebody else, and you change properties. You're obligated to pay your uh, four or five times. So too, just the actual. Hektish itself, the fact that you were Makadashit should obligate you in four or five times. Maybe let's view the sanctification like a sale. How money? Says the Gemara, no, because our mission is the opinion of Shimon. When you sanctify something, it's still considered in the original owner's domain. It is not considered a sale. It's something that's yours, but there's a certain way to handle it. Right? It's sanctified. But it's still yours. It's considered your domain. Says the Gemara Hub the Sefer Rav Shimon Havi. But Rav Shimon's quote in the end, which seems to imply the Rish is not him. Otherwise, why don't we say his name? Rish Lav Rav Shimon. Says the Gemara, you're right. Rather, what are we dealing with over here? Why actually don't we say that the actual sanctification, the actual hektish, obligates you in Dalit Vehei? Bekotchim Kalim. We deal with Kotchim Kalim. Balib with Rabbi Yisak Yibur. Following the Pinnah Rabbi Yisak Yibur. The Amar Kotchim Kalim Mamam Bailam Hu. Kotchim Kalim is considered the domain of the original owner, Ubershusei Kaime. And therefore, it's not considered Dalit Vehei. It's not considered a sale. Why? Because it's still considered his domain. If he actually sanctified it to the Holy of Holies. Okay? Now, if it's Kotchim Kalim, it's a lower level of sanctity, that's when we say it still belongs to the original owner. So it's yours, but there's parameters on how to use it. When it's Kotchim Kotchim, the Holy of Holies, Taka, maybe will say it's completely out of his domain. Says the Gemara, Misham the Shiur Baruch Hamish, Taka can have to pay four or five times. On the Tony Reish, then we said in the beginning of the Mishnah, Gonav Atavach, Biachach Hiktish, Misham the Shulmi Arba Bachamisha. If he shechted or sold and then paid Dalit, and then if he shechted or sold and then sanctified, you're going to have to pay four or five times the amount. Lift like Velisni Bedida. Let the Mishnah say the difference in cases, Mamish. Within Shechita itself, meaning, when do we say that if somebody stole and then sanctified, there's no obligation in Dalit Vehei, that's because Shekalim. 
avol bekodesh kodeshim. Mishnah the Shabbat Chomish, you will pay four or five times the amount. Meaning, why would you move from from situation to situation, from one situation to another, to find a difference between when you do pay dal and when you don't pay dal If you could stick within the same situation, you have one story. That one story is that somebody consecrated, somebody sanctified their animal. And depending on what level of sanctification you used, we'll decide, we'll determine whether or not you paid dollars. But hey, meaning if you did a lower level sanctification, it's still considered yours. So it's not a sale and you pay four or five times. If you did a higher level of sanctification, so now it's not yours and it would be considered a sale. The very same case, you could find a distinction, a difference between the two. And the fact that we don't bring it out in this way must be a proof that this is not what... Uh, that, that this is not the halacha, so why not? So Gemara says you're right in that as well. Ella, rather the ilam leishna kachi kachim leishna kachi Really, there's no difference in how you sanctify, whether it's a lower level sanctity of kachi kalim or whether it's a higher level sanctity of kachi kachim. With the kasha loch, and this they're going to ask mali machar lehedi mali mach lishtaim the shemayim. What's if it's result to a regular person or to heaven? Either way, you should be obligated in dollar behei just the fact that you sanctified it. No, I'll say mach lehedi. When you sell it to somebody else, another yid, beforehand was the ox of Reuven, and now it's the ox of Shimon. It's a new name in a new domain, and that's when I paid dollar v'hei. However, if I sanctify it, which is going to be considered like you're selling it to the heavens, it started out being the ox of Reuven, and it ends up being the ox of Reuven. Why? The Mepharshim explained, why is it called the ox of Reuven? You sanctified it. The answer is like this. You sanctified the animal, right? Our question was, you should pay the alvei. says, when you sanctify the animal, what would you do? You said, my animal is now going to be an Ola sacrifice. Okay, very nice. So you're going to come to the base of Mikdash, and this is going to be called whose Ola sacrifice? Reuven's Ola sacrifice. And since even in a stage of Kachim, it's going to be called your mitzvah, your carbon, your situation. So sanctifying something does not obligate you on Dalit Vahey. Beautiful. Okay, so bottom line, Klar, this is Gishmak. Let, let's just take a step back and get an overview. The Mishnah had said somebody steals an animal, sanctifies it, then shechts it. Right, you do all these. You, you take this step by step. The halacha is you do not pay dollar behay. Why not? It's always called yours. Oh, but you sanctified it. I know, but it's still called your carbon, your offer, and therefore it's not considered a full sale to hectish. You don't pay dollar behay. Okay. Two dots, right smack dab in the middle of Ayin Vav. Almud Aleph. Yeah, go ahead. Isn't that always that way? I mean, so when you ever have Delaney, it's, it's oh. always that way. You start out with, you own the animal, you you, you make it a addition, then you shecht it. Right. So, right. There's no such thing as Dalit Right. You're correct. There's never going to be such a thing as Dalit Vahey when it comes to Hektish. There's only going to be something of Dalit Vahey when you sell it to another Yid. And now it was Ruvain's ox and it became Shimon's ox. That's where Dalit Vahey is going to come into play. When you sell it to another Yid 
And and but you're right. The the what the Gemara is saying over here is that when you sanctify it afterwards and it's being brought as a carbon, you don't. You're never going to pay dalav That is correct. Okay. Rab Shimon Aimer Bechulu. Rab Shimon said um, in the Mishnah that it depends. Rab Shimon said if it's hectic, the thief uh, sanctified it, made it uh, made it holy in a way. That he's chayav ba'achriyusan, that he takes full responsibility on this animal, then he's going to pay dalit vehe. If he's not responsible for the animal, he does not pay dalit vehe. And this needs clarification. What does this mean? So says the Gemara. Army, they explain that he granted Sabar of Shimon Mali Makhari Lahadim Mali Makhari Lahadim. Rib Shimon agrees with the, with the challenge of really when you sell it to another person, it should be the same as when you sell it to heaven. So he sh- if that's true, he should have said the opposite. When you have kachim where you're responsible to replace it and it's responsibility, potter. That's when you're potter from Dalva. Because it's still considered yours. It's not considered like you sold it to somebody else. Let's say it's kachim that I'm not obligated to, to uh, I don't take responsibility on. Because it's being taken out of his possession, right? So again, Gishmak says the Gemara one second. If you take responsibility, responsibility on what? Responsibility to replace it. So now it never left your domain. Because you're always saying, I'll, I'll replace it with another animal. So it's still considered yours. I shouldn't pay Dalit Vahey. The name never changed. Masha Enkain, as opposed to if I don't take responsibility, now it's totally out of your domain. And you should pay the Dalit Vahey. It should be the opposite logic. Ami, they said, Rav Shimon, Amilsa, Achrisikoi, Rav Shimon is going on a different part of the, uh, a different topic, a different point than what we were discussing before. Meaning like this, let's go back to our Mishnah and let's re-explain where Rav Shimon kicks in. Vahachikitani, this is what our Mishnah means to say. If a stealer steals from a stealer, you don't pay. Somebody steals from Hektish, and then he shechts it or sells it, you also don't pay Dalit Vehe. My timer. What's the reason you don't pay the additional amount? The Gunav Vibesa Ish, only when you steal from a house of a man, Velaymi Base Hektish, not when you steal from Hektish. Rib Shimon Aimer, Rib Shimon, this is where Rib Shimon kicks in and says like this. If you stole, if you, if, sorry, if you shechted or sold an animal, where the original owner is Chayev to take responsibility on... Then your chayav, listen to this. This is very logical and gishmak. Let's talk outside for a moment. Reuven, Reuven, consecrated his animal. And he takes responsibility on the animal. Meaning, how do you take responsibility? So Reuven says, I'm making my ox hectish. And if this ox, something happens, it dies, it gets lost, stolen, I'll replace it. That's his commitment. I'm taking responsibility, says, uh, says uh, Reuven. Shim- Yikes. Shimon. Sorry about that. Shimon then steals. The animal. Shimon steals the animal. Okay? So now, 
Does Reuven have to replace the animal to Hektish? Yes. He took responsibility. So that's where we say that Shimon has to pay Dalit Vehei. Why? Because since Reuven took full responsibility on this ox, it's considered like it never left his domain. So when Shimon Shechzer sells it, he's shechting or selling an animal that really is considered to be another Jews. Because, again, the original owner still is fully responsible on it. Okay? My time, Makarina, baby, it's still considered like you stole from another man. If the if Ruvain never took responsibility, he says my ox is hectish, but if something goes wrong, listen, I just said this ox is hectish, I'm not, I'm not replacing it. And then it gets lost or stolen, now you stole it from hectish. This says nothing to Ruvain, and and if you shecht it or sell it, you will not pay Dalit Vehei because it's between you and Hektish. It's not it's not between excuse me, it's not between you and another man. Okay. Says the Gemara, Michti, let's explain. Let's see. Shamina Leila Reb Shimon, Da'amar Shechita Shein Ruya, Loishma Shechita, Kodshim Nami Shechita Shein Ruya. Says the Gemara, Reb Shimon holds that an animal which is shechted, and if that Shechita does not make it fit to eat, it's not called a Shechita, meaning it's not called a slaughtering. And no, notice over here, if it's not called a slaughtering, you're not going to pay Dalit Vehei. So why is it that when you shecht an animal that belongs to Hektish, it's called a shechita? Why would you pay Dalit Vehei? Ask the Gemara, even if the owner would take responsibility on it, when you shecht it, that makes it unfit to eat because you took something holy. We're assuming that you slaughtered it outside the base of Mikdash, and now it's unfit to eat. So either way, you should not pay Dalit Vehei. Let's pause and explain. This is a very simple question. We, we, we're just walking away from a point which was well taken. Somebody steals Hektish. If the original owner still is responsible for it, you got to pay Dalit Vehei because it's still between you and the original owner. If the original owner did not take responsibility on it, you don't pay Dalit Vehei because it's between you and Hektish. And when, you just, when you're responsible to Hektish, there's no Dalit Vehei. Says Gemara, one second. Either way, you shouldn't pay Dalit Vehei. Because you only pay Dalit Vehei, you only pay the four or five time payment when you when the slaughtering is a fit slaughtering. Over here by Hektish, it's never a fit slaughtering because you're slaughtering it outside the base of Mikdash. So you shouldn't, there's another problem getting in the way of my four or five times payment. Again, in order for it to be a four or five times payment, my, my slaughtering has to be making it kosher. It's not possible for the slaughtering here to make it kosher. Answers the Gemara. You know what he did? He shechted it inside the base of Mikdash. He shechted it there. Okay, so the guy steals the animal, and then if, uh, he steals the hectish animal, and then he goes into the base of Mikdash and shechts it on behalf of the original guy that he stole it from. So that the the carbon is now a kosher carbon. So it was a kosher shechita. Says the Gemara, one second. So this is a strange case. Again, Ruvain made his animal hectish. Shimon stole it, took it to the base of Mikdash and shechted on behalf of Ruvain. Vaharei chazra keren lebalim. 
I don't understand. Why is it a theft? Shimon just did Ruvain's job for him. What's the theft? Omar he shechted it l'shem, uh, on behalf of the owner, but the blood was never offered on the Mizbeach to make it kosher. So in the end, even though the slaughtering was done properly, but since the sprinkling of the blood after the, spl- the slaughtering wasn't done properly, the original owner never got his mitzvah. So you stole it. Okay? Interesting. Kiyosa Ravan, Omar Rabbi Ravan also gives another approach. He says, Somebody who shechts Tamimim in a, a, a complete offering, Let's say Ruvain, uh, Shimon steals Ruvain's animal. He takes it to the base of English, but he didn't offer it for the sake of Ruvain. So now, since it's not brought for the sake of Ruvain, Ruvain did not gain his animal back. And therefore, the thief is going to be responsible in uh, is going to be responsible in Dalid Vehe, in the four or five times the amount. Says the Gemara, Vire Shlokish Omar, and Reishlokish says, Bishaychet Balimumim Bechutz. We could even be dealing with where he shechted it outside, um, the, the thief shechted it outside the Bey Samikdash. Why? Because it's a mum, and an animal with a mum is allowed to be brought outside the base of English and it still would be considered fit for, for eating. Since it's considered a fit for eating, it would be called a slaughtering. And now that it's called a slaughtering, you could pay Dalit Vahey. You could pay four or five times the amount. Tell you by Rabbi Laza. was astonished. And he says, Listen, according to Rabbi Echidon, where does an animal, at what point does the animal become kosher to eat? At the time that it's slaughtered. But one second, by a carbon, by an animal, it's the sprinkling on the blood, of the blood, that makes it permissible to eat. According to Reish the Matir, that's the stage that permits it. But um, the Pidia, the Pidian, the redemption of the animal, which is a mum, should allow it to become fit to eat. So ask the Gemara, I don't understand Reish Lakish's, uh you know, possible approach of, oh, we're dealing with Shaykhet Ba'ali Mumen Mi Bechutz. says, I don't understand that. How, how's that any sort of answer? It's making it, making it fit to eat. You pay Dalbe. So Ishtemitzay Ha the Reb Shimon says the Gemara and Reb, Reb I'm, I'm sorry, Ishtemitzay Ha the Reb Shimon. Yeah, he had forgotten this that Reb Shimon said, that any blood which is still capable of being sprinkled on the Mizbeach, or was capable of being sprinkled on Mizbeach, is considered as if it already was sprinkled on the Mizbeach. And therefore, it is considered kosher, it is considered a proper shechita. And so too, anything which is capable of being redeemed is considered as if it was already redeemed. Now, what does this mean? How does these additional halachas play into our conversation? So the Gemara is going to explain. This that we said, any blood of a sacrifice, which it's waiting to be thrown on the Mizbeach, and it just wasn't done yet, it's considered like it's done, as long as something else doesn't get in the way later on, at this stage we're fine, it's considered it's done. Where do you see this, such a concept, even if it wasn't actually done yet, 
You have nicer, okay, what's nicer? Leftover parts of a carbon that was not eaten or burnt in its specific time. So you have nicer that is capable of becoming Tomei, uh, could become Tomei Tomas Eichlin, could become Tomei with the Toma of food. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, the Tani, we learned in. Um, some nicer does not give off food, uh, is not capable of becoming tummy with food toma. Let's explain. Let's say if you have um, an animal that was lun. Lina is when it's left overnight before the blood was actually sprinkled. Okay, so it means like this. Somebody brings a sacrifice at 10 o'clock in the morning. Ideally, that blood is supposed to be sprinkled during the day. But what happened was, the blood was not sprinkled during the day. Since the blood was not sprinkled, the meat never became kosher to eat. So let's say the Kohen is supposed to eat a certain part of the sacrifice. The owner is supposed to eat a certain part of the sacrifice. They're not allowed to eat it until the blood was actually sprinkled. So what happened if the blood stayed overnight? Um, the carbon stayed overnight because the blood wasn't sprinkled, so nobody ate it. It does not become tame impure with uh, with Tomas Eichlin. Okay, why? Because in order to become tame with Tomas Eichlin, capable of becoming tame, it had to have a time where it was fit to be eaten. What happens if the blood was sprinkled and then the meat was left overnight? So at the time the meat was left overnight, was it allowed to be eaten? Yes. It had the sprinkling of the blood, so now it was already fit to be eaten. So then once it's fit to be eaten, it could become tame, the ways of other foods. The Kaimalon, and we established, Mylofnei's Rika, what is that it, was le- that it was left overnight before the sprinkling of the blood? It means Kaidem Shenir uh, Rika, before the blood was fit to sprinkle and la'achar zrika means la'achar shenira zrika after it became fit to be uh, to to be sprinkled on the mizbeach. Meaning, Reb Shimon is not making an afkamina in whether it actually was sprinkled. Reb Shimon holds there's an afkamina. There's a difference in whether or not it was capable of being sprinkled. And let's keep going. Kaidem shenira zrika lan maihi. What's the case where it stayed overnight before it was fit? There was no time left in the day. Let's say you shechted an animal and it was close to sunset. There was no time left to sprinkle the blood. They shechted right before sunset. So it does become Thomas Eichlin. It was shechted, but didn't have a chance to sprinkle the blood. But if it stayed overnight after it became fit to the blood, because it was, let's say, uh, slaughtered at 10 a.m., and you had plenty of time to sprinkle it that day, but you didn't. So still, the meat is metame tomas eichel. It's capable of getting food tomas. It's called food. It's fit to be eaten. Alma lizard Bottom line is why are we mentioning all this because if Shimon obviously holds that any blood that's meant or ready and capable of being sprinkled, it's as if it mamish is sprinkled as well. Now, so what? So what? See, here's how it's going to come full circle. What was our case before? 
Our case before was you have somebody who stole Kachim and he shechts it inside the Beis HaMikdash. So we should say that he's obligated to pay Dalid Vehei. Ay, the Shechita itself, even inside the Beis HaMikdash, does not make it fit to be eaten because the blood wasn't actually sprinkled. Says the Gemara, we don't need the blood to actually sprinkle. Just the fact that it was shechted inside the Beis HaMikdash means that it was fit to be sprinkled. And now that it's fit to be sprinkled, there was a kosher slaughtering and you should be obligated in Dalit Vehei. Okay? So that is the halacha of how we know, we said two halachas of Reb Shimon. Let's go back. We said, Rabbi Lazar forgot that Reb Shimon held, the, Reb Shimon, uh, held of two halachas. Number one is, that's something that's Ahmed Lizrai Kizarak dummy. Any blood that's ready to be sprinkled, it's like it's sprinkled. We just proved that. Rib Shimon actually holds that any blood that's capable is considered sprinkled mamish. And the other halacha that he forgot is that Rib Shimon also holds anything that's that's Ahmed Liftice, that's able and capable of being redeemed. Kipadoi dummy, it is uh, it is uh, considered redeemed as well. Okay? So we just proved the first one. What about what Rav Shimon holds about the redemption? How do we know that Rav Shimon holds that something that's oimid liftais, something that's that's uh, fit to be redeemed, is capable of being redeemed? That halacha has not yet uh, has not yet been uh, proven, and that's Bezjem where we're going to pick up tomorrow with the cholha oimid liftais kipadoi. Uh, um, and we'll pick up from here tomorrow have a wonderful wonderful evening everybody what time tomorrow um, so let's aim for tomorrow let's assume the same time if there's a change I am traveling tomorrow so if there's a change in schedule I'll send the, I'll send the a text but right now let's aim for uh, let's aim for the same time okay 5.45 Bez Hashem. Yeah, Bez Hashem. All right. Have a wonderful evening, everybody.